are. We are on the Youth of the Nation podcast. Guys, this is the first episode, so I'm super excited. The very first episode of the Youth of the Nation podcast. Our last episode was just a little bit of an intro on what we'd be doing and what kind of information that we would be talking about. And now I am super, super excited to just get into it. I think... Um, I've kind of been antsy just to get started and record the first episode and kind of have a conversation and begin to have a dialogue with our friends. What I've begun to notice is that I love sports, so I'm trying to flee away from talking about sports the whole time. But please don't be mad if I'm going on tangents about sports. I just love them so much. So again, hey guys, my name is Napier Dean, and welcome to the Youth of the Nation podcast very first episode let's do it lead well young leader what i want to talk about today is the idea of meeting young people where they are at actually just meeting people where they are at and what i've noticed and kind of this could be a part of I'm not mad just disappointed but what I've noticed is in the culture that I'm in and this Christian culture we are trying to get as many people into the kingdom as fast as possible so we take kids and we place them we try to push them and say follow Jesus follow Jesus follow Jesus follow Jesus now first I do believe People should follow Jesus. I believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. But have we ever thought about meeting people where they are at? It sounds like an easy concept. It sounds like a concept that we understand and that we wouldn't have to talk about. But we do. And I believe us as young leaders and us as just church folk, if you want to say we got to have those conversations and a conversation what I want to have and a story I want to have about meeting a kid where they at is this is me two years ago. Two years ago, I was a middle school pastor uh, at a church and the church was the church is awesome and the youth group was amazing. And um, but I had to meet these kids where they're at because what I had is this this community of people where Half of the kids, or maybe three-fourths of the kids, was of a homeschool community, which I've never been in. And then the other half, or um, one-fourth of the com- of the community, or of the church, or of the youth group, were public school kids. So we had two different communities coming from two different sides. Now, thank God, we didn't really have a lot of beef. They actually came together very well. But this is just about of time when I had a time when I had to meet a kid where they were at and I had to sit down and stop saying you know what I'm gonna push this kid and push this kid and push this kid until he follows Jesus and then I can fully love this kid I'm gonna love this kid simply because he has a pulse there's no other reason that I could find on why I loved this kid and when I think about the way God loves me he loves me because he made me. I mean, sometimes we just overcomplicate that and we add so much to it, but he loves me because he made me. I am his. He looks at me and says, you are mine. And that is why he loves me. And when I was looking 
in talking and when I think about this topic of loving people where they are at, I think too often we we set these conditions in our mind on when we can love people or when we can meet people where they are at or where they need to be. And that idea of where they need to be isn't going to work in this setting. Because we can't put on kids, we can't put on them, hey, this is where you need to be. We put on kids, hey, where you're at is okay. Where you are at is okay. Now we use that in situations. You know, if that kid's out here slanging dope, um, let, let's talk to that kid. Let's get that kid on the right path. If that kid's out here making bad decisions or hurting someone else or hurting themselves, then we have to have more urgency in that situation. But what I've noticed is I've tried to change kids. And so I'll go back to this young kid. And we'll say this young kid's name was, let's see, let's see. We'll call him Landon, okay? Don't know a Landon. Have never met a Landon in my life. Shout out to all my Landons out there. But Landon, okay, this kid Landon came to youth group and wasn't really feeling it, kind of sat in the back, and you could tell that he was a he was a football guy. He was a football athlete, and he loved playing football. He wasn't a huge kid, but he just had that, just that athletic gift that you could just see. You could just see in him, and it was awesome, because those are the kids I connect with the best, is the, the athletic kids, and I believe God has called me to connect with all kids uh but just naturally because i was in athletics and played football and played basketball and love sports and literally i'm my ankles hurt right now and i can't find a time when i'm still not on the court but anyway this kid landed he would sit in the back and we'd, we'd, we'd do worship and this is another thing and uh, the thing about worship is it's not really inviting the kids who don't understand worship culture they don't understand how this millennial Christian or how what can I say evangelical Christians the way we worship and the way we get loud and we raise our hands and we might stink you know you ever do the deodorant worship hands where you kind of raise your hands like hey I'm not gonna put my hands all the way up because I stink but I still love the Lord though uh, that's how this guy kind of was one because I know he just got a football practice but also because he didn't he wasn't comfortable with worship. And I would get on stage and I'd say, hey guys, you know, we got to we, we gotta go for it. We got to praise the Lord with everything we have, everything of who we are. We got to love the Lord. We got to go for it, you know. We got to be thermometers or we got to be thermostats, not thermometers. And saying all of this Christian lingo, all of this Christian knees. And all these other kids are like, yeah, Nate, so good. Love it. Come on. Go black boy. Landon's back there, arms crossed and isn't interested at all. Landon is just sitting back there saying, okay, you're saying cool words, but it's not speaking to me. And what I found what I was doing with Landon and what I do with a lot of kids and what we do with a lot of people is we try to meet them where everybody else is inside the group that we already have. And we don't try to meet the outsiders about where they are. Because what I found is if I can meet the outsider where they are at, and I can equip the people that are in my community to meet that outsider as well. Community can be built faster than me trying to have him push up to where we are at. Meeting this kid where they're at. This kid 
What I didn't understand, he was being not abused at home, but his home life wasn't that good. Actually, his brother was a part of uh, the Lakes football team when I played, and that was awesome. Uh, and I and I knew his family life, and I knew what home looked like for him. And it wasn't abusive or anything, but just home was different for him. Uh, his family was huge, and so he knew a lot of people, and he was big on family. And that's what I loved is I loved that he respected his family. He respected his elders. He respected his mom. He respected his dad. He respected me. He respected every single person who said, hey, I am going to lead you. And he did that. And he he was loud. He didn't want to really have these conversations. We had small groups. And he didn't want to be there. You could tell he didn't want to be there. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to stop trying to push him to where I need him to be. And understand that God has him exactly where he's supposed to be. He's a 14-year-old kid or a 13-year-old kid who has no clue who he is. No idea who he is. And I'm trying to force him to be something. That is not. And throughout the year, the way this kid would begin to raise his hands, start asking questions, speak up in Bible study, want to share a five minutes of fire where we let kids share little mini sermons, was amazing. He landed and stepped out of his comfort zone. He came straight out of it and he ran out of that comfort zone. He said, Oh, this is being comfortable. Well, I'm done being comfortable. And he ran out of it. And Landon went to the middle school across the, you know, a couple blocks down the street. And he texts me one. He calls me one day, actually. I don't have his number saved. Landon calls me one day and says, Hell, I have a question. What does God say about tattoos? And to you, that may mean nothing to you. You're like, okay, so he asked about tattoos, big whoop. No, what he was asking me was huge. He stepped out and asked his pastor a question about the Bible and wanted to know more about what God said about tattoos and what Jesus said about tattoos and if he was going to hell if he got a tattoo. And I said, no, you're not. And I gave him a little bit of Bible and shared with him that, hey, I don't believe you're going to hell if you get a tattoo. But the idea that he was ha- thinking of that at such a young age and he wanted to call me a year later is because I believe that the leaders, not just me, because it's not the Nate show, the leaders met him where he was at. And they were always like, man, what do we do with this kid? I, I don't know what to do with this kid. He's He's distracting the group. He doesn't want to be here. He he distracts us during prayer. And I said, love the kid. Love him. Love him so purely. Purely is not a word. Don't know what I'm saying. Love him in such a way he doesn't understand why you love him so much. Because that's the way God loves me. Sometimes I don't understand the reason why he loves me, but he does. And shout out to Landon, which wasn't his real name. Shout out to my Landons. I don't know where he's at right now in his faith. But because we met him where he was at, he was able to feel comfortable to elevate his maturity and his faith life and who he was as a man. And it was just one of the coolest things to see.
And it all started because I said, you know what, Nate? I'm going to lay down my ego that he has to be uh, just like Nate Burdine. And I said, no, he's going to be Landon. Landon Smith. <laughs> That's not his last name either. He's going to be Landon Smith. And I'm going to just love him. And correct him where he needs correction. But always correct him in private and not in public. And that's about me meeting a kid where they're at. So lead well, young leader. I encourage you. Let's meet people. Let's meet kids. Let's meet students, our kids. Meet them where they're at. Because when we can meet them where they're at, they allow us, they allow us into their lives. Young Life has this, uh, this phrase and this logo. And kind of their chant is, meet kids where they're at and also earn the right to be heard just because i'm talking to the kid doesn't mean they have to listen to me sorry i gotta earn the right to be heard i was coaching a football game today and players were looking at me crazy looking at me sideways what i understood is i hadn't been at practice that week so i didn't i had i didn't earn the right to be heard that week so when they were looking at me sideways and giving me attitude and giving me lip by i mean yes i gotta correct those things so that i don't play that on the football field but i couldn't be mad because i hadn't earned the right to be heard and i hadn't met these kids with i don't know their stories and that's my commitment in this next week is learning kids stories and also learning my church community's stories so lead well young leader meet kids where they're at next let's go to what's the haps I totally started lead well young leader. So creepy. Uh I don't know. Maybe you didn't think that, but listening back to it, I'm like, that sounded weird. But hope you're encouraged by that. Now let's talk about what's the haps. What's the haps? What's happening? What's going on? How you feeling, Nate? I'm feeling great. And I just want to talk about a couple of things that I am excited about. Also, some things that I think are just ridiculous. The first is football is back, baby. Listen, to, this, to the women, love y'all. You know, even to the men of that, that are in relationship with women that also love football and you don't love football. To the significant other who has a significant other who loves football. I just want you to understand the next, um, I don't know, four, five, six months, and actually the next year, the rest of your life, uh, if you decide to spend your life with the rest of that person, or you are spending your life with the rest of that person, is going to be football. They are going to be checking their phones of off-season. They're going to check preseason, even though preseason games suck. Uh, I watched the Cleveland Browns-Philadelphia Eagles game. The worst game of my life. Nick Foles, terrible. And Baker Mayfield, I, it was it was awful. A safety and a field goal. Worst game I've ever seen. 5-0. That was a baseball game score. Ridiculous. Y'all's ridiculous. And so anyway, like I just like you gotta understand. Sports is a different animal. And I don't know why. Some of it is idol worship. I'm gonna just play it, be real with y'all. I ain't saying I ain't condoning idol worship. I'm just saying it that that's what happens. So I just want to encourage you. Stick stick it out, uh, because when you are there for the highs, you're there for the highs, and we appreciate it, and we love you for it. 
But when you're there for the lows, that's when it's real. You know, the last play of the game, our quarterback threw a pick, and you're there. You don't understand what happened. I, you don't get what just happened. Uh, you don't understand why the interception was thrown, and why can the other team get the ball when the ball was thrown from the other team? These are real questions I have been asked by the person. I will not disclose. That person knows who they are. Love you. And <laughs> so, but football season is coming. It's here. Uh, I'm coaching football right now as well, which is awesome. But football's back, and that's kind of what I want to talk about that my Eagles. Uh, so Carson Wentz and Nick Foles. Nick Foles was our Super Bowl MVP. He played a phenomenal game. He played a game. At the end of the game, I was watching the game at my girlfriend's house uh, with her family there and my older brother there. And they don't really watch football. But I started crying on the floor. Not unconsolable, not unconsolably, like sobbing. But the tears were there because the Eagles have sucked. And or been mediocre or make it to the Super Bowl and Donovan McNabb wants to just throw picks, whatever, and kickers want to miss field goals, but that doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, Carson Wentz, Nick Foles. What I love about Carson Wentz is obviously he's a Jesus guy. Uh, and also Nick Foles is a Jesus guy, but Nick Foles' story, man, the story of him almost quitting football and his brother on a trip, uh, <laughs> on a camping trip said dude you should go back to playing football is absolutely amazing to me like just imagine like you're sitting there and nick like you're like okay i played i played a couple good games of football and you're just camping and your brother who probably doesn't play football is over there like hey bro hey i know we fishing but uh you should go make millions of dollars again and just reeling in the just reeling in the fishing the guy's like Nah, man, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna catch this fish. Don't worry, we just gotta stop talking about it. But he's like, you were actually kind of good though, so I don't know why you're not playing football right now, Nick. And Nick's over there like, well, you know, I just wasn't that good, and I just feel like I quit. It wasn't for me, and I feel like God's calling me away from it. Well, I feel like God's calling you to it. <laughs> I just imagine that conversation and how funny it was, and how Nick Foles probably thought he was out of it. And he comes back to the Eagles, and I was excited because I love Nick Foles because he had a great season, one of the best Eagles seasons ever, uh, and barely lost that NFC uh, playoff game. But comes back and plays his butt off. And But Carson Wentz, man, that guy, 6'5", ridiculous, throws the ball like a cannon, uh, knows what's happening, but also is aware of the pocket very well. Uh, Carson Wentz has a skill that I wish Donovan McNabb had, or Donovan McNabb had of uh, developed a little bit better. And uh, Carson Wentz knows his secondary. Uh, the way he looks at the secondary, I know this sounds weird, but the way he looks out to the secondary, I can tell that he's checking, he knows what's happening. And sometimes I feel like Donovan McNabb, and this may not be true. He's an NFL quarterback. And again, I never played NFL football. But uh, I feel like Dominic now sometimes would guess. And that's what would get us into his interception problem with him. Especially in playoff games. But love Donovan McNabb. That's my boy. Shout out to the Campbell's Chunky Noodle Soup. I hated that noodle soup, by the way. Campbell's disgusting. Anyway, I'm all over the place. But football's back. and So I'm excited for the Eagles. I believe Carson Wentz will be ready 
week one. Uh, I just play. I just pray people stay away from his knees. Man, those knee injuries. I almost tore my LCL in high school, and just those knee injuries. They hurt. They they just aggravate you, especially when it's kind of just that, just that lateral or this the ACL or just whatever it is. It just it just feels weird when you walk on it. So I'm just praying that these people that are trying to hit him uh, stay away from my boy's knees because he needs them knees. So anyway, I'm glad football is back. I'm glad it is here. Uh, it's here to stay. To everyone that's like the NFL isn't going to be the best league anymore, and I'm going to stop watching it because of the anthem and all this stuff, you're going to watch NFL football. Because what you realized is the summer kind of gets monotonous because there's no sports on, and there's that one day in the summer where there's no NBA basketball, there's no MLB baseball. I love soccer, but I ain't watching the MLS. But even there's no MLS soccer, and there's no football on, and you're like, what do I watch? ESPN again? No. I'm not going to watch that. So that's a terrible day. But we're glad football's back. I'm excited football's back. My family is excited football's back. Uh, they're Chicago Bears fans, so I know they're excited for that. And it just feels good. It just feels good when people get excited about their teams. Uh, some teams that I believe are being slept on, Cleveland Browns, not because I think they're a playoff team, but because I think they're going to be better than people say. 9-7 and seven wouldn't shock me. Nine and seven wouldn't shock me, but also the other way, uh, seven and nine wouldn't shock me, or six or ten would not shock me. I don't think they get better than nine wins, uh, but I don't think they get worse than six wins. So, Cleveland Browns sleeper team to me. Um, uh, trying to think, other sleeper teams, Titans, no, uh, Titans, yeah, I could see the Titans doing something. Marcus Mariota, he's a man. That's that's a man among boys. I remember the Kansas City Chiefs game when he threw it off dude's helmet, caught it again. That was awesome. Or, yeah, so, uh, any other, I'm, I'm trying to think of sleeper teams that I've thought of. I'm trying to go through. That's all good. The Giants could be better. Uh, they're, in my, they're in the Eagles division, so I don't want that to happen at all. But the Giants will definitely be better with Saquon Barkley. That man is a man. Oh, he he's a man. That boy. Ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Anyway, Saquon Barkley, Odell Beckham has the hands of a man-child, or actually just a grown man that are just bigger. He's awesome. Love watching him play, even though he's for a separate team. Um, teams that I think are going to be not that good this year, Seahawks. Uh, I live in the Pacific Northwest, so sorry, Seahawks fans, but I just think it's going to be a tough year. It also it could be a tough year for any team, in all honesty. like If we don't get these injuries figured out for the Eagles, it's going to be tough because we're going to be like, who's our quarterback? And Nate Sudfield can't lead a team right now. That's what I'm worried about. But I believe Crossovitz is going to be ready to go. I believe Nick Foles is healthy again. And don't know why he played so bad against the Cleveland Browns. But whatever, it's preseason football. We're going to get that stuff together. And yeah, so, but yeah, Seahawks, the Cowboys. Oh my goodness. We're sitting here acting like the Cowboys are America's football team. The Cowboys. I guess our America's football team, just because we call them that. But America's football team has to be good. And I always thought America's football team was like the Patriots. Not because everyone loves the Patriots, but because when I think about America, I think about Patriots. So I just put those things together. So I don't know. But those are the two teams that I believe that could be just bad. 
uh, or not just have the best seasons. But Russell Wilson is a man amongst other men. But a man makes boys, really, and the way he plays. I remember watching the Seahawks game over in Philly, or, or over in Seattle, uh, playing Philly. And he just made throws and runs that I just couldn't believe that he was able to make. He is phenomenal. I love Russell Wilson. Uh, he's amazing to me. Uh, such a great player, also such a great man of Christ and a great man of the Lord. So super excited to watch him play. I love watching the Seahawks play solely because of Russell Wilson because I love the way he moves the ball and the way he gets it around. So I'm excited for football. Football's back. That's my football talk. I'm done. I'm shutting up, but I'm not done with sports. We're going to go over the NBA, and let's just talk about this. The Warriors are ridiculous. The Warriors are ridiculous. How does a team get so good? DeMarcus Cousins is coming back or coming to the team. That team is stacked. Kevin Durant came back for another year. That team is absolutely stacked. And I don't get it. It's not fair. It's not fun. But also, I don't get the idea of it's not fair. It's not fun because all teams have an equal chance. And you decided to sign contracts that wouldn't let you get these kind of players. And there's teams that could have drafted Steph Curry but didn't. And there's teams that could have drafted like. Like not a lot of their players or any of their players were first picks out of the draft, so you had a chance to draft this player. Other teams, so I'm. It's just I'm tired of this. It's not fair. It's not fun. Cause listen, the Warriors put on a show, and when they're not playing the Lakers this year, I, the Warriors are gonna be fun to watch. But do I hate them? Yes, I do not enjoy the Warriors. Uh, I don't hate them. I just dislike them greatly, and so. I am not a Warriors fan, uh, but my close friend John, uh, he loves the Warriors, and we just jaw back and forth about the Warriors-Lakers, and I'm excited to watch those games. Christmas games are going to be amazing. Uh, just basketball's coming back. It's going to be great. LeBron coming to L.A., so huge, huge. Um, so, yeah, I'm a Lakers fan. told you guys about that about last episode, but, again, I'm a Lakers fan solely because of Kobe and the purple and gold was just beautiful to me. Played for a little league team, Lakewood Lumberjacks, and they were purple and gold. And so I just loved the Lakers, and I loved their purple and gold. It's awesome. It's so awesome. Anyway, so I'm excited for NBA basketball. And now we got to have talk. This is not an I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. This is what y'all's ridiculous. And that might be another dissection, and we might even change. I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed to y'all's ridiculous. But y'all's ridiculous. The robotic technology that I have seen nowadays, this automatic technology that is taking over the world. I'll be honest, I scroll on Facebook a lot. I scroll on Facebook all of the time. Sometimes I don't even know why because I see posts. Literally the only posts I see are about Trump, either how great he is or how bad he is and all of these other things about the flag, about the NFL, favorite sports teams and then this random Christian bomb posts a little quote picture saying the Lord loves me so much. Your victories are for tomorrow and today and the Lord is giving you victories. Put your past away and live in the now. Uh, love my Christian moms but that's kind of how those things go. But I'm scrolling through Facebook and I'm looking at the robotic technology that is happening nowadays. <laughs> and 
it, there's automatic coffee spinners. Get this. This thing, I'm looking up, and there's this woman, and she has her coffee. And she pours this stuff in. And it starts stirring, stirring coffee for her because she put this little thing in her coffee and then it began to spin. And I watched it and I said, y'all's, y'all's ridiculous. Because why can't we just do it ourselves? I just, I just, I just don't get it. I just don't understand the idea of me needing to spin the coffee literally myself and just push it and move it around and move it around. I just don't get it. It's it's a spoon and you just you just you just circle it and you don't have to spend a couple hundred grand I don't know how much it is, but a couple grand or a hundred dollars on this machine that spins my coffee when I could just spin it myself. Just saying. Um also I saw this one that would iron your clothes for you. And I'll be honest. I appreciate that one. I hate ironing my clothes. It's it's not ideal. It's not fun. I don't enjoy it. But so, honestly, not going to lie. That one is kind of exciting. Kind of like that one. So, I'm not going to hate on that one. I appreciate you. It, like You put the shirts in. You fold them. And then you take them out. And they iron themselves. They don't iron themselves. But I thought that was cool. And so... That's fun. What else? What else robotic is going on? Oh, how about this one? It made your bed for you. It made your bed. It was a duvet cover. You put it on over your blanket and you make your bed. Now, the thing about this duvet cover was or duvet cover is it didn't just make your bed. It kind of like kept kept one side heated, one side cold for when those couples, you know, sleeping with a boo and they just want to make sure that like one side is warm, one side is cold. That's awesome. But it rolled up creepy style. Like when you put those towels in hot water and they uh, expand. Rolled them out and made your bed and then pressed down. It was ridiculous. It was scary. It was insane. I didn't get it. But do we do we ever have a fear that these robots will turn on us? Like I'm just saying. Like I'm looking at this right now. There's this thing called Cafe X. Cafe X, robot barista reveals dangerous rise of automation. Can Cafe X, a $25,000 robot, make a better coffee than a barista? What? So basically, this thing makes coffee 100% by itself. It kills margin of error. There's precision and consistency. It's just... It it's insane to me, the Cafe X robotic coffee bar. Also, what is up with this whole X thing lately? We get in the future and we automatically call everything X, you know, Space Force, SpaceX, all this stuff, iPhone X, Cafe X, <laughs> coffee spitter thing X, all just X X X. Like, just so funny to me how automation is taking over the world. But why can't we? Why can't we just chill out? Like I'm it's okay with the barista. Like if it's not broke, don't fix it. These baristas need jobs. They do it well. I've never looked at a barista and said, "Hey, you suck. Please never make my coffee again." Some of you may have because some of you need to chill out cuz coffee's not that serious. But I've never looked at my barista and said, "Hey, 
a robot should take your job. Some of you have, and again, y'all's ridiculous, and you need to chill out. But now I just think it's so much fun that this automatic automatic stuff is taking over. But I think we also we need to chill out with all this automatic stuff. Cause hey, who says that you're not sleeping one day, and that blanket's like I'm gonna turn on him, and it just squeezes up on you, and now you're dead, because and kind of morbid, but you're dead because you decided to use a robotic blanket, and you can't be mad because you decided to choose a robotic blanket, or your coffee spinner decides to poison you, or your clothes get shrunk, and now you look dumb because your clothes got shrunk, and you decided to put them in this ironing thing. Guys, God gave us hands for a reason. Let's use them. And I get it. Automatic stuff is good for us. It's working out. It cuts time out of our days. I feel like the coffee spinner, like the idea of I have to go into my drawer and take out this coffee mixer robotic thing and put it in with a straight face takes longer than me just taking out my spoon and stirring that thing up or throwing it in a blender or some type of coffee maker. Okay? So, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so, guys, that's what's the haps. Um, again, NBA basketball is coming back. NFL is back. We're excited. I'm excited. Some of you are like, don't care. Don't care about the NFL. But that's okay. I'm excited, so I will be excited for for you. Let's just chill out with robotic technology. Y'all's ridiculous with that. So let's just stop with that. And guys, now let's get to I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Awesome. Awesome. So I just want to give a shout out to We Are Harley. That's their Instagram page. Again, shout out to Behave. The song is amazing. I've never really been into like lo-fi or this low-key kind of music, but I really kind of like it. I enjoy it. It's pretty fun. Uh, so I like it. So I hope you like it. So we are Harley on Instagram. Harley is their band name and behave is the song, uh, based out of Tacoma. They're awesome. making great music. So shout out to Harley once more. So guys, let's get into this. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. And again, this is factoring with young people and this can kind of go in, you know, go with the first topic and lead well young leader and it's the idea of continuing to walk with that person that gives their life to Jesus after the big moment what's the big moment them giving their lives to Jesus i've seen too many times where the pinnacle is them giving their lives to Jesus and it's just like the you know the whole story plot. It rising action is all of the steps that they went through to get to this moment. And they made dumb decisions. They may have done this and done that and done this. Doesn't really matter. But they've made these decisions, and you get them to camp or you get them some sort of thing, and they begin to sorry my chair. Uh, and they begin to and they follow Jesus and they say yes and they look you in the eye and they say hey you leader. Hey, you pastor. Hey, you. I have given my life to Jesus. What do I do now? And you say, okay, I'm going to get you a Bible. We're going to get you tied into a plan. We're going to get you to do this, do this, do this, and do this. And that person never steps back into your church building, your club, sees you again. Because we didn't follow up with that person after the big moment. We 
have to continue to walk with people after the big moment. And this gets me passionate and it kind of gets me a little bit angry because I'm tired of seeing young people, especially young people, go through life and say, I've given my life to God, but my leader has left me and they're not there to be found. Where did they go? Well, they moved on to the next hottest thing, the next person, the next kid that needed to be saved. If we're going to invest in the kids to build relationships, we have to understand that we're making lifelong relationships. We are. We've decided to pour into them. They've decided to let us pour into them. We have to keep walking with them. I have a group of 10 guys uh, that uh, I hang out with all of the time. And... The reason, they're always like, why is Nate at our games? And why does Nate hang out with us? And why does Nate do this and do this? It's because I have to continue to walk with them. I had three guys give their lives to Jesus this summer at Young Life Camp in Malibu. I have to keep walking with them. And honestly, I'm kind of disappointed in myself this summer because I haven't done that well. And I'm, I'm, I'm a little angry at myself because I can't just say, hey, give your life to Jesus and then you're good. There's more that goes into that. Yes, it's the good news. It's the gospel. And that's all we need. But what happens when this kid says, okay, now I made a big bonehead decision after I gave my life to Jesus. What do I do? We don't have an answer. Because we've left them. We've left them at the altar. We've said, okay, you gave your life to Jesus. I'll see you later. And again, some of you, some of us, we don't say that out loud but in our minds and by our actions we push those kids out when they decide to give their life to Jesus now listen leader youth pastor you are probably not doing this you're walking with your kids you know them but what I've seen this happen the greatest of times and again 20 years old (laughs) when I've seen this happen for me in my four years of knowing Jesus is these times when the groups are bigger because you have to connect with so many people that you're not able to build relationships but listen to me please listen to me as a dude with a mic that's recording a podcast that you're either listening to in your car before you go to bed or doing homework please listen to me create relationships do not build programs create relationships do not build programs please this is this is it when we can begin to begin to build relationship with people sorry if i said i didn't i said that reverse earlier but if we begin to build relationships with people oh my goodness We are going to see the way God's going to work. We're going to see the kingdom move. We're going to see lives changed. But when we begin to build programs, kids are going to begin to feel like programs. And you've heard this, but kids, young people, people can smell BS from a mile away, usually. (laughs) Unless they don't want to smell it. But they, they can sense it from a mile away. They can sense the, the stuff that they have to seek through. And they have to get through. They can seek the, the, the crap, to be honest. Like, they can seek out that stuff. So please, I pray to you. Not to you. I pray to God. <laughs> that you as leaders, 
um, can understand that we have to first meet kids where they're at, but also understand that it's a it's a problem that can be fixed. And what we do is we continue to walk with people. That that person that gave their life to Jesus at church last week, are they being connected with? Do we know they're being connected with? Do we know their name? Do we know their story? Do we know their kids? You know, like how can we connect with these people? And again, the politics are the politics will play. And you know, well, I'm busy and we have services and we have. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing busier. There's nothing more important than creating relationships with people. I serve my God and I create relationships with the people that he has called me to create relationships with. Be encouraged. Also, I've decided to add a story time. Uh, a good story in my life, a fun story, uh, a story where life was amazing. And I'm going to add this at the end. Why? Because I love stories. I love telling stories. And this story is between me and my little brother. And I call the story Rock and Roll. Uh, I believe it's hilarious. I tell the stories a lot when I preach. But uh, this story, and I use it for a lot of things. A lot of I use it is you got hit in the head and you got to be reminded about something. So me and my little brother are playing Wii Sports. And Listen, if you were alive between the next, the 2000s, uh, 2006, I believe the Wii came out, 2005, 2006, but whenever the Wii came out, uh, we remember Wii Sports. Wii Sports was the game that came with the Wii. It was amazing. There was nothing better. Like, could you, like, I could vividly remember when I would hop on the, um, Hop on the Wii. We'd play Wii Sports. We got other games, but we'd play Wii Sports all of the time. The Wii was everything to me. And why was the Wii everything more than, was, was everything to me? Well, because it was so simple to play. Like, I could remember, like, playing the Wii and believing it. And I was right. It came out in 2006. And I can remember playing the Wii and just having so much fun because I felt like I was being fit. But then I remembered, oh, I can just sit down and move my hand and I'm playing the game. And when people figure that out, that's when we got boring. And then Microsoft tried to make Connect, which was a terrible flop. But, so we're playing the Wii. And I was better at him than everything. As most older brothers are with little brothers. I'm, ki- I'm, I'm killing them. I'm just killing them. And we tennis. And we golf. And we boxing. And we, we, we do everything. We everything. Okay. And we, what we do is we play best two or three. Like series, kind of. So I'd beat him, he'd beat me. Okay, fine. i beat him, win. Beat him, beat him, win. Okay. So I win everything. And then there came this time. And what I say is I was just tired. Your boy was tired. I didn't know what to do. I, I, was, I was just exhausted. Like, I just honestly had no idea what I wanted to do. So this, this is what I did. I hopped on. I hopped on the Wii. Or I didn't hop on the Wii. What am I talking about? We hopped on boxing. We began to play boxing. So I'm playing boxing. And we're, and we're swinging. And he knocks me out. And I was like, whoa. And then remember, in Wii boxing, when you get knocked out, you know, they do the count over you. And you just press A, B, A, B, A, B. And you get up. He knocks me out. Counted to 10. I was over. Devastated. Devastated. And I couldn't take it. So I got angry at him. I looked at him. He goes, oh, no. 
or I think he said, oh my God, looks at me in the eye and runs and he knows I'm going to kill him. So I chase him around the house, chase him around the house, chase him around the house. We're fighting, we're fighting, we're fighting. Like, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill you. And he closes the door. And again, my apartment building was really small. So like, you literally ran door to door and the house was done. So we ran into the back door and he closes the door. Now I mentioned to you, we had this game called Guitar Hero. Now, Guitar Hero was a phenomenal game. You know, you know how Guitar Hero went. But Guitar Hero, you had a physical guitar. And I was a monster at it. But I usually would hide the guitar from him. So things like what I'm going to say didn't happen. And what happened was my little brother, I opened the door, ready to just strangle this kid for beating me in wee boxing. And he takes the guitar and he looks me in the eye. And he says, rock and roll. And winds back in like a cow Schwarber swing. Clocks me. I go down. I pass out. Wake up. Black eye. Crying. And then like, there comes this point when you've known you've lost. I lost that day. Napier Dean took the L. I, there's nothing I could have done. There's no way I could have fixed it. He clocked me. And I deserved it. <laughs> and so that's how the story. And I had a black eye. Went like didn't go to school for a couple of days because I, we didn't want the people to thinking that like just something crazy. So then I went to school with a lower black eye and I had to tell kids I fell. That's all I told them is I fell. Because how embarrassing is it to say my little brother punched me or my little brother hit me with a guitar and now I have a black eye. And I am prideful. I am a prideful man, especially when I didn't know Jesus. So it got to me bad. And that's just my story time. Well, honestly, what that story taught me, and when I think about it, is the anger I had in me, the anger I had in my heart uh, just towards my little brother, towards family. And it wasn't healthy. But thank God for God. Like, thank God for coming and uh, teaching me how to get less angry at things. And we would do WWE wrestling just all sorts of things and have a great time. But guys, that's story time. I'm going to add that segment in at the end just because I love stories. And I want you guys to get to know me as we go through these episodes. Um, so there we go. Thanks again for watching the Youth of the Nation podcast. Again, you can connect with me by email at naperdean at gmail.com. If you have any questions, commentary, or just want to ask me a question, Go ahead and email me. Also, you can connect with me on social media on Instagram at underscore KaiBird. Again, I just want to thank you so much for listening to the Youth of the Nation podcast. Don't forget, keep it real, keep it love. Peace.